Well, good morning. It's good to see you. Glad you're here. Welcome, especially if this happens to be your first time with us. We're so glad you've chosen to be here at the Porch Community Church today. I am Shannon Patterson, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here with all these amazing, wonderful people. And uh, you have picked a great time to be here, whether you are a first-timer or you're checking us out again or you've been here for a long time um, or as long as we've been here. But uh, uh, it's a great time because this is the Christmas season. This is the time of year that we we kind of build up to and we get excited about and there's so much going on and, and it's just, just wonderful season of expectation where we in the in the Christian calendar and the church calendar we recognize the birth of Jesus Christ and and what that means and and what that means to us and and how it carries us on and and it's the beginning of the of well it's not the beginning but it's like this the reality of what God has been doing all along when he brings Jesus in the form of a baby to come and be the savior of the world and uh, we say this every week and I mean it every week and, and that's why we exist as a church, because we want you to know that there is a God who loves you, and, and he makes that known through Jesus Christ. And, and we want to, to share that with you and embody that. And so this is Christmas. It's that, that God loves you and that Jesus is the reality of that. And uh, that's why we have folks that are here and smiling and wearing their red Welcome to the Port shirts and welcoming, welcoming you on our campus as you drive up and say hello and and uh, we have amazing people that right now even are taking care of your kiddos and are loving on them. And uh, would you, actually, would you guys show your appreciation for our Porch Kids team? Would you do that? So I'll, I'll tell those who are working to watch it later and, um, and, and make sure that they know that we... We, uh, we love them. That's why I wore my Porch Kids shirt today. We actually went uh, caroling on Wednesday night. The Porch Kids did. And we went to uh, a local nursing home and had a great time. There was probably 30 or 40 of us. I don't know. And uh, we went to this nursing home and shared with the residents there and the, the folks, the ladies that were dining. I think we had some pictures for that. Uh, oh, I didn't know that was up there. That's always good, too. Um, so, but we, um, and then we, then we were in the desert and... And that was difficult with all those children. It was, it was really a hard time. We didn't have any water. It's a lot of complaining. It's very much like the Israelites. And so uh, we turned it into a biblical... Le- oh, there we are. And so we sang to the residents, and then we walked up and down the hallways and shared that. And it was just a really, a really good... I promise we had a good time. <laughs> and we really did. Um, you know. But... Um, and Justin did, if, if nobody else. He was festive. No, but it really was a fun time. So, And we just got to share the, the love of Christ with, with the residents there. Uh, listen, I do want to repeat a couple of things that you heard from Tinley in the announcement video, just because I think they're really important and they're special, and, and we want you to, to remember them so you can share them with other people. The first is that next Sunday, it's our regular times. We're having a 9.30 and 11 o'clock service. But it is our Christmas music worship experience Sunday. So it is primarily music. I mean, there'll be some scripture and maybe a few videos here and there, but it is basically a, a wonderful music experience. And the reason we do this is one, because Christmas music is awesome and we have an amazing band to do that with. But you know some people, and you might even be one, and you're like, I really don't care for the preaching. Um, I really don't care for someone to get up there and preach at me. Um, but they love music. And this is the time of year when you can say to someone, hey, we would love, like, would you come? It's just going to be music. 
Like, no one's going to be up there, like, yelling at you or anything. I promise. Like, just come and hear the really good music. You know some people like that, and they might actually be willing to come. And so uh, it's going to be a great time for all of us, but it's really an opportunity for you to invite folks. So 9, 30, and 11 next week. Um, I hope you'll be a part of that. And then also, um, next the end of today and next week as well, we've got a professional photographer set up over in our side lobby over here at the north door, and you can get your pictures made, and we're going to make those available later, like on a Flickr account or something, so they're free, um, but if you want to have a, take a nice, pretty picture or have a fun picture, we've got some props, but you could do that, and it's just a great way to celebrate uh, Christmas together. And then lastly, this is also quite important. Um, we're going to have a Christmas Eve service. Does anyone know what date that's going to be on? Okay, good, good. December 24th, that's right. So just checking to see if y'all are paying attention. Uh, we're having our Christmas Eve services on Tuesday, uh, December 24th, and they're going to be at 4 and at 5.30. And they're identical services. We're going to have candlelight service. It's going to be a really special time. So we hope that you'll be able to be here and be a part of that. And there'll be child care available um, during both the services for different ages, but you can go online and read more about that. So I just wanted to make sure you heard those and, and knew about those things. Uh, we are in the third week of this series talking about being home for Christmas, talking about uh, coming back home, making our way home for Christmas. And I think most of us can relate to that idea, um, whether like you, know, you, you might be a college student and you're not from here, and so, like, you think about, like, going home for Christmas, like, you go back, or many of us, like, maybe we didn't grow up here, we moved here, um, and we think about going home, or, you know, going back to a place in our mind, uh, or that's a reality that we're able to go back to and celebrate Christmas, and, and I think about that, and here's the two passages I want us to look at today, and you can go ahead and uh, find them before we talk about them in a little bit, but Luke chapter 3 is, we're going to look at a passage in Luke 3. And then we're also going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. So Luke 3 and Isaiah 9. And while you're finding those, I want to ask you guys a question, as I like to do often. Talking about going home for Christmas. Is anyone here like a really nostalgic person? Like you're just really, I am, is it, am I the only? I can't be the only one. Some of you, okay, like really, like I'm not very like traditional, but just like, I'm just really nostalgic. Like certain things just... I just kind of go, oh, you know, like I'll hear a song, like, oh, that reminds me. If any of you know me very well, you know that I'll hear a song and I'll go, oh, that reminds me of 1987, you know, and I'll be like, oh, my senior year in high school, or that reminds me of my sophomore year in college. Like, you hear the song and it takes you there, you know what I'm talking about? You know, or like the TV show, or there's things, there's, there's sights and smells and sounds and things that take me back, and I just kind of go, oh, you know, and it just get that nostalgia, and Christmas without a doubt is something that I'm, I'm very nostalgic about. I, I'm, I don't go all out with like the decorations and stuff. I'm just kind of no frills that way. But, but like nostalgia-wise, um, you will be proud to know that I held out until November 1st to start listening to Christmas music. Um, I waited until after Halloween to start that uh, tradition. So you guys, anyone, I mean, I know some of you guys are like, oh, Labor Day, it's over? Okay, good, we can start listening to Christmas music now. So, but, and then other of you are like staunch, right? No, it's got, you got to get through Thanksgiving, you know, respect the turkey, and then, and then move into the Christmas. But I just this nostalgia of, all, of it all. I love the music. I love the, the TV shows like Charlie Brown Christmas, you know. 
you know, it used to be like you had to like stop your world to watch it because you didn't have access to it. Like you had to wait till the, the network showed it on TV and, and everyone would stop what they were doing and watch that show and even had it on an album and would like listen to it on the album, you know, and hear Linus, you know, say, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and said, and he does the whole thing and the blanket and, and we would listen to all, just all the things, you know, the, the songs and, and, and just the sounds and is anyone here a Hallmark Christmas movie fanatic? Oh, okay. Did I? Okay. I see some, some dudes' hands, too. That's impressive. I watched my very first Hallmark Christmas movie this year, and you'll be glad to know I didn't drop in IQ points, and I'm still emotionally okay, so I made it through. Um, but it, wasn't, it really wasn't too bad. But, um, all these things about Christmas, I promise there's a point. I know we all have like our favorite Christmas movie, right? Some of you, it's Die Hard. You know, and then, you know, there's the, the classics like, you know, Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman. Mine is an oldie but a goodie. It's White Christmas with uh, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye and Rosemary Clooney. And it's just this, I don't know, there's just something about it. I love that movie. It's just something about it. When I think about Christmas and nostalgia, I, I definitely go back to being a kid. Being a kid and, and, and thinking about that. And, and I remember those, those Christmases as a kid in my hometown of Shawnee, Oklahoma. And, and just being there and, and being at my, at my granddad and my grandma Junk's house. And, and I did not misspeak. Their last name is Junk. So I'll let you take that in for a moment before we move on. Cause <laughs> But Leo and Mildred had six kids, and my mom was the oldest of these kids. And that's not my grandma there. That is my mother that's looking so lovingly at her younger brother because I guess she's in charge of keeping him in the picture. But that's my grandfather, and those are my, my mom and my three, four uncles and my Aunt Becky. And, and I don't want this picture to fool you here. The, the wall of that living room ended about where the frame of this screen is, and, and, and same thing on that side. And that was a tiny house. They lived in a two-bedroom, one-bath house built in 1945, and they had six kids. And they converted their garage and made it into another bedroom and put in a half-bath, so now they're living large, right? So with all this, and, and, and you know, you grow up, and, and you know, people, they get married, and then they start to have kids, and we would all pile in to Grandma and Granddad Junk's house for Christmas. Anyone have the, uh, you know, the laundry room slash breezeway, wherever the washer and dryer was, and it was so crowded that they, like, someone throws a sheet over those appliances, and you just, that's where you put all the desserts. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yeah. So you just like, oh, I got to go get something in the breezeway, you know, because that's where the pies and the cakes were. But I just, I think back to that, that time of, of growing up and, and being it. I would love, I would love to go back for one more junk Christmas on Franklin Street in Shawnee, Oklahoma one more time. I just love it. It'd just be so great. Remember going to Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve at St. Benedict's and, and then coming home late at night and being able to open one of the presents. That was always good. I've had this recurring dream now for about 30 years. Um, and I'm still a child I still live in my childhood home. My parents are still married. My mother is still living. 
I'm there with my, my brother and my younger sister and, and just there's all those, those familiar sights and smells of home. And it's really a beautiful dream and I'll wake up and I'll go, oh. You know, I'll have that moment of, oh. And when I hear my, my all-time favorite Christmas song, I didn't mention that one, was I'll Be Home for Christmas, which is the whole reason we named the series what it is. And when I hear that song, I don't know about you. Well, I know, I know about you. This is not what you do, but this is what I do. When I hear I'll Be Home for Christmas, I go right back there as a kid to Shawnee, Oklahoma. I'm there in my home, and I'm over there at my grandma and granddad's house. That's home for Christmas when I say those words. And it's nostalgia. And we're drawn back to this. And I don't think this is something that is by chance. I don't think that we feel nostalgia. I don't think that we feel a drawing to or these wonderful memories. I don't think that it's just by chance that we feel those things. Folks, I believe that God put that desire inside of each and every one of us. Whether you have the memories or you don't and you wish you did. That you, that you didn't have those experiences, but you right now are trying to, to help create those memories for your family. There's something inside of us that I believe draws us back home. And I believe that comes from our God. I think it speaks to all of us wherever we are, whether you uh, would call yourself a person of faith, where you would, whether you would say you've, you've been a follower of Jesus for decades or whether you're just kind of new on this journey, but I believe that we are all inside of us is this longing for home. And when I think about Christmas songs, I, you know, like I'll be home for Christmas, I, I, was, I was looking up and I, and I was driving actually this week, I was, I was pulling in, to uh, Target, which is a wonderful place to go, and uh, I don't know why I said that. I guess maybe they'll send me something. Um, but I'm pulling in there, and this song came on the radio for like the 11th time. You know, I've heard it since November 1st, and it's it's Joy to the World. And there was this one line in the song that just for, again made me stop. And so I'm sitting in the, in the parking lot, and, you know, I've, I've had the message for today for a while. I've had it done, and, but I was sitting in the parking lot, and I was just like, hmm. And so I, I called uh, Justin. I said, hey, you know, I think, I think this is what we might do for Christmas Eve. And he's like, yeah, that's great. That'll be awesome. And, and then so then I started thinking about that. And then, it, and then it drew me to another song that I started to think about. And I was like, okay, there's this line in this song that goes perfectly with what we're going to talk about right before Christmas Eve. And so I, I, I looked up the, the song, Joy to the World. And, and I, it's based on, and I don't have this up on the screen, but it's based on Psalm 98, which, which says that, that, that uh, the psalmist writes that we should declare God's goodness, and he says, shout for joy all the earth. That's in Psalm 98. And so joy to the world is based on that concept of, of shouting joy to the world. Why? Because of Jesus, because of what's happened. And, and here's what I'd like us to do. I want to share with you the first couple of lines of joy to the world. And I want you to hear these words because they're so familiar, but listen to them again. Hear them for the first time. It starts by saying this, joy to the world. So not just a few of us. This is joy for the entire world, for all of earth, for all of humanity. Joy to the world. Why? Because the Lord is come. 
Now think about where we've been the last two weeks, friends. We've been in the valley and we've been in the wilderness. And I have yet in my 19 years of of speaking and preaching and giving messages have I had a response to a message like I have had this past week because so many people relate to the wilderness and the the writer of this song says joy to the world because the Lord has come the Lord has come to those in the wilderness the Lord has come to those in the valley the Lord has come it has been silence sometimes it feels like we don't hear from God joy to the world the Lord has come and then it says this let earth receive her king not just let earth receive a a prophet not let earth receive a really good teacher not let earth receive a, a nice guy not let earth receive someone who can perform miracles it seems but we're not sure maybe it's just a magic show no it says let earth receive her king and then it says this And this is what got a hold of me. It says, let every heart prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him, Jesus, room. Prepare, make room for Jesus. As we make our way home for Christmas, what I would say to all of us, myself included, is that this time, I mean, really this time of year, folks, we need to prepare room in our hearts for Jesus. Because Christmas, let's be honest, it can be such a challenge for us. It can be such a challenge for us to be as focused as we'd really like to. For us to be as focused as we'd really like to be about Christmas. Because so many other things are are there and, and in front of us, you know? I mean, we've got to do our shopping, of course, because we've got to buy gifts for the people we love. Do any of you ever feel like every day is kind of like a Christmas day because you drive up and there's a package on your front step and you don't remember what it is and you're like, ooh, you know. The other day I did that and it was batteries. (laughs) Yay. Um, We've got to do our shopping and then there's the parties, of course, right? got your friends party and then you've got your work party and you got your your neighborhood party and your kids school party and then you've got your friends that are really more like family so it's like family party and then and then you got your your family and you know and and you've got grandparents Christmas and you know you've got your your mom Christmas and dad Christmas if they're not together and all these different going here and there and in-law Christmas and outlaw Christmas and and you get all these Christmases and none of these are bad None of these are bad. It's not like I'm saying, hey, don't do these things. But let's be honest. It can really, really start to crowd an already crowded life. And what the writer of this hymn is saying to us is we should have joy because a Savior has come in the valley. A Savior has come in the wilderness. And we should prepare room in our hearts for Jesus. And I don't know about you, but it seems as if from like a little bit before Thanksgiving until after New Year's, I feel like I just kind of slowly inhale every day. And I don't exhale until a couple days into the new year. (sighs) Anyone else feel that way? But we need to prepare room in our hearts for Jesus. The, The Savior of the world 
your Savior, my Savior, the one who came to make things right with God and humanity, Jesus. And so though we might have a really, really crowded life with a lot of things on our schedule and our calendar so full, I think the biggest challenge, folks, we really face is a matter of making room in our heart. In Luke chapter 3, we find these words beginning in verse 4. And it says this, he is a voice shouting in the, in the what? In the wilderness. We've been there, haven't we? He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Is he saying, hey, stay there, and man, that stinks for you. Sorry you're in such a bad place. No, no, there is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Listen, I say to you today what Scripture says. If you have found yourself in the wilderness, I say to you, and I know it's not going to be easy, and it might be really hard, but prepare the way. Make room in your life, in your heart, in your mind for the coming of Jesus Christ because there is nothing and no one that is going to be able to get you through that wilderness except for him. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. Oh, my goodness. We could talk about that for a while, couldn't we? We need to clear the road for Jesus. What's in the way? What obstacles have we put there? What, have been, what has been put there and we don't want them there? What has been put before us? Clear the way. Make room for Jesus. Verse 5, listen, the valleys will be filled and the mountains and the hills made level this beautiful imagery of how Jesus comes in and he fills in those valleys that we find ourselves in that we, that we might walk into or fall down into or feel sometimes like we've been pushed into the curves will be straightened and the rough places made smooth anyone need some smoothing out prepare the way for the Lord's coming and then verse 6 says this, and then all the people. So prepare the way for Jesus, and then all the people will see the salvation sent from God. What we need is to prepare room for Jesus because he brings salvation to the world. He brings salvation to our lives. He brings salvation to our circumstances. There's a voice that's calling for us to make room. And, and the very first thing we see in this calling is that voice shouting out to us in the wilderness. We've spent a few weeks, you know, talking about this, the valley and the wilderness. And what do we find? This voice is crying out, crying out to you, crying out to me in the valley, in the wilderness, where it's dry and where we're tired and where there's really little sign of life, where, where we might feel abandoned, where we feel distant, where we might feel lost or discouraged or confused. And God is meeting us in those places, meeting us in the wilderness, in the valley. This is what the prophet Isaiah declared in Isaiah chapter 9. See, God was entering into the darkness with us. 
See, what, what sometimes I, I think and, and in my mind, and, and maybe you do this as well, when I think about God being concerned about my life or being present or hearing my prayers, I often picture him as far away going, you know, looking down and going, oh, Shannon, that valley, yep, that's a tough one, but I'm with you. Or I find myself in a time of wilderness like I shared about last week, and I, I just kind of picture God, you know, maybe hovering above going, yep, yeah, you're in that wilderness, but I'm with you. But folks, the reality is, and the beauty of Christmas, and the beauty and why we find the writers in Scripture telling us to prepare room is because we have a God who came down among us. He doesn't just hover above us. He doesn't stay far away. He came and walked among us in the form of Jesus Christ. So when you're in the valley, he's there with you. When you're in the wilderness, he's right beside you. And so we need to remember, and we need to make room, make room again for Jesus because he physically appeared. And the, and the prophet Isaiah said this beginning in verse 2. I'm going to read verse 2 and verse 6 of Isaiah 9. It says this. Think about the valleys, right? Think about the, the, the wilderness. It says, The people walking in darkness... have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. See, there's hope where there was none before. Verse 6, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given from God. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, these are important names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Listen, a Savior is born, a light in the darkness, and we need to make room for this. And that's the reality that I want us to, to really pause and engage with, because listen, if you find yourself in the valley or in the wilderness and you feel like you don't know what's to come, you find yourself confused, you find yourself not really sure what's ahead, isn't it good to know that you have a mighty counselor? Isn't that good to know? Isn't it really good to know that, that or a wonderful counselor? Isn't it good and wonderful counselor? Or isn't it good to know that when you find yourself in the valley or the wilderness and, and you feel as if the world's against you, you feel as if you are weak, you feel as if you have nothing less, isn't it good to know that there is a mighty God who's bigger than anything you're facing? See, this is the, this is the one we need to prepare room in our hearts for. For those of us that find ourselves in the valley or in the wilderness... And we feel abandoned. Like when I'm talking about my memories of home and with my parents or home with my grandparents, I know there's probably some of you going, oh, I wish I had those kind of memories. I'm sorry. But isn't it really good news to know that you have an everlasting father? One who's with you no matter what and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you and if you find yourself in the valley or in the wilderness 
and you feel like your life is full of anxiousness and stress and tension, I want to tell you some good news. There is a Prince of Peace. And this is who we should prepare room for in our hearts this Christmas. This is the home we should be coming home to this Christmas. Because see, God is not far away. He would enter the world where there was no room for him, if you know the story. And we need to listen to this voice that we hear in Luke 6 that, that's crying out in our wilderness, in our valleys. We need to make room in our hearts. Jesus comes not to, to be far away, but to be present, to take up residence in our lives. And he was born as a baby and he was exalted to the right hand of God the Father and you know that he waits for us to make room for him in our lives. And this is why we can sing joy to the world because Jesus has come. Because Jesus has come to walk among us. I want to ask you to do something with me as we close in prayer. It's something I think I asked you to do a few weeks ago as we shared communion together. It's a simple act, but it might be hard for some of us. But I ask that if you would just, as we pray, you would just open your hands, your palms to the, to the sky. See, this, this act, this, this posture, is actually one of, well, it's one of surrender. It's one of uh, vulnerability. See, when we want to keep things and hold on to things and, and protect things and, 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 and that kind of stuff, we, we, we make fists. We hold on. But I would just ask as we pray together now that the opening of your hands would actually signify the opening of your heart and you making room for Jesus. Father, we come to you now, and we are people in need. Some of us recognize it. We knew it before <laughs> we walked through the door. For some of us, it's dawning on us as, as we spend time together this morning, and it's quite possible that there are some who say, I know, no, I'm good. Quite honestly, God, whatever the whatever our opinion is whatever our our view is on this we need to make room for you we don't have to we get to but I pray Father that we would make room for the Savior of the world and in that world that includes us the best of us in here and Whomever wants to line up behind me is the worst. We come to you as people in need. We come to you as people who have hope. We come to you as people who, who have plans and, and, and things that you've put in our heart and, and we're trying to pursue and seek after. We, we come to you as people who have had our dreams taken away from us. And hopes seem to be shattered. 
We come to you as people who who love the idea of home and we come to you as people who despise the idea of home. God, I pray today that our new definition of home would be Jesus. And that we would make room for him. That our thoughts would be on him. That we would find ourselves in, in prayer and we would find ourselves praising and worshiping and calling out. We would find ourselves making room in, in, in real ways, in conversation with our loved ones, which is sometimes the hardest to talk about you with. But God, by us truly making room in our heart for, for Jesus, we're not, we're not working on our own power. We're not going into these circumstances and, and situations on our own. We, we take Jesus with us. And God, for the person that's here today or watching with us online that might be hearing these words and making room for Jesus and they, they really have come to terms with the fact they've never made room for you before today would be that day that they would call out to you and say God thank you for Jesus thank you that you've sent him as perfection in the form of a person of a baby and he grew up and lived a life and, and was faithful to you and then he gave himself for you sacrifice of perfection so that my sins could be forgiven and then he rose to new life. And so, God, I want that new life that's found in Jesus. That's the one I make room for in my heart today. This is what Christmas is all about. God, I pray we would just come home to you now. And it would be evident in our worship. That your Holy Spirit would continue to minister to each and every one of us. We pray all this in the wonderful name of Jesus.